0: Most historians consider the Battle of Gettysburg to be the turning point in the American Civil War. And a crucial turning point in that battle was the savage struggle for a small, rocky hill called Little Round Top. Little Round Top is one of the most baffling confrontations in the annals of war. And according to testimony by many Union soldiers who fought on Little Round Top, This most pivotal northern victory turned upon one inexplicable, even supernatural event. A ghostly phenomenon that, if true, may very well have changed the entire course of American history. I'm Diane Ladley. Professional storytellers once named me America's Ghost Storyteller. And this is episode one of my new historical ghost stories podcast, Hysteriae, It's history's eerie side, history with the lights out. The Battle of Gettysburg, Pennsylvania was fought from July 1st to the 3rd, 1863. Those three days were the bloodiest in the entire war, a total of 51,000 casualties. Up until that time, the Southern Confederate Army had scored victory after victory, and now had come within easy striking distance of Washington, D.C. itself, the Union was in serious trouble. Nobody planned for what became the most epic American battle of them all. It started because a small band of Confederate scouts accidentally ran into some Union cavalry while scrounging the small town of Gettysburg for shoes and other supplies. The scouting party had been specifically ordered to not engage the enemy, But shots were fired, and the scouts held their ground. The sounds of war attracted other forces from both sides, and the next thing anybody knew, a full blown battle had erupted, one that neither side wanted to happen or were at all prepared for. On that first day, the Confederates took the town, but Union forces had found high ground and were able to rally by the end of the day. That evening, in their tents, the newly named commander of the Union Army of the Potomac, Major General George Meade, made hasty plans with what little intelligence they had of the terrain in enemy locations. Their plans called for anchoring the entire Union line on a rocky, treeless hill, only 650 feet high, that the officers nicknamed Little Round Top. This hill was absolutely critical, because the rest of General Meade's strategy depended on it. His worst-case scenario was if the Confederates ever took that hill, because if that happened, the Union Army's supply lines would be cut, it would cut off their only path of retreat, and the entire Union line would collapse like dominoes. On the second day of the battle, a Union officer, Brigadier General Warren, made a truly horrifying discovery. He saw that this strategically all-important Little Round Top Hill had no troops on it. Other than a few signalmen assigned to relay messages along the Union line, it was completely undefended. There was nothing to stop the enemy from sauntering in and winning the entire Civil War. And just when General Warren saw it, General Longstreet, commander of the Confederate Army, saw it too. Longstreet immediately rushed his Confederate soldiers to claim Little Round Top. At the same time, the Union frantically cobbled together a few regiments and ordered them to run to Little Round Top. This makeshift Union force was put under the command of Colonel Strong Vincent. No, I did not accidentally switch his name around. His first name really was Strong. Second in command was Colonel Joshua Chamberlain of the 20th Maine, a very important name to remember if you're a student of history, Colonel Joshua Chamberlain. It became a foot race between Longstreet's Confederate troops and the Union soldiers to get to the top of that hill, and the Union just barely beat the rebels to it. Well knowing that the entire fate of the battle, even the war itself, rested in their hands, Colonel Vincent gave his final orders to Chamberlain. Hold this position at all cost. The regiment scarcely had time to take positions before the attack began. The next two hours was a bloodbath. The edge of the fight flowed up and down the rocky slopes of the hill as the Confederates tried to overrun the Union forces. Five times they broke through the defenses, leading to bitter, savage hand-to-hand fighting. In the first hour alone, an estimated 40,000 rounds were fired. Hundreds of men and boys fell, riddled through with a storm of deadly, soft-lead bullets. Their bodies spilled forward, face-first into the sharp rocks and boulders of Little Round Top. Their dying bodies sprayed with even more bullets as they fell. So thickly did they fly. Blood streamed down the hill like rainwater down a road. It pooled at the base of the hill, making puddles that the Confederates splashed through because the ground was so saturated with blood the earth couldn't hold any more. At this point, Chamberlain knew they were all going to die. He had already lost a third of his men, and the rest were utterly exhausted. Colonel Vincent was dead, killed in a courageous charge near the beginning of the fight. They had no ammunition left except what they could ransack from the dead. And looking out, Chamberlain despaired to see a wave of fresh enemy troops had just arrived, outnumbering them three to one. His men fired their very last bullets and looked desperately to Chamberlain for orders, but there was nothing he could do. Defeat and death was one minute away, and with it, the collapse of the entire Union line, and then the fall of the Union itself. And that's when the miracle happened. Suddenly, from out of nowhere, a man on a white horse appeared, riding just within the ragged, thin line of Union soldiers. He was dressed in a blue uniform, but a hundred years out of date, wearing a white powdered wig and tricorn hat. And everywhere he rode, all up and down the line, he inspired an incredible surge of hope and courage in the hearts of all who saw him. They didn't understand it, but somehow, General George Washington, the great charismatic hero of the American Revolution, the father of our country, the first president of the United States, a man who had been dead for over 60 years, had inexplicably appeared at this most desperate moment. And right then, Chamberlain, who never saw the apparition of George Washington, suddenly had a crazy idea pop into his mind he shouted out the order to fix bayonets, charge! It was an impossible order, a ridiculous order. Any other commander would have surrendered to save the lives of what few of his men still lived, and it would have been suicide to obey it. But instead, Chamberlain's men, galvanized by the miraculous sight of the greatest American hero, didn't hesitate. Moving as one, this pathetic handful of Union soldiers went full on Viking Berserker. Screaming their defiance, they charged headlong down the hill like raving lunatics, waving their bayonets and swords, plunging directly into the massive Confederate force. The Confederates were utterly shocked. In moments, their line was completely overrun, their fresh, well-armed veteran forces breaking ranks and running away from these shrieking madmen of the Union Army. Soon, over 400 rebel soldiers, including a large number of valuable officers, were captured by a ragged, exhausted handful of Yankees without a single shot being fired in that last unbelievable charge. Now, as you can imagine, the official report of the fight at Little Round Top didn't mention a word about George Washington. It's just too outrageous to believe but because so many surviving soldiers of the 20th Maine reported seeing this miraculous phantom apparition, and because the victory was just so weird, an official investigation was made by the War Department. Their representative gathered an extensive array of viable sworn eyewitness testimonials, but his findings were discreetly lost by the War Department and never came to light. But the stories persisted and the legend spread. So what do you think? Did the ghost of George Washington appear at this crucial moment in the war to lead the Union soldiers to a miraculous victory? It doesn't seem likely, does it? Let's face it, many strange things happen amid the terror, intensity, and exhaustion of war. Mass hallucination is not unusual in battle, perhaps the most famous being the Battle of Mons in World War I where British and French soldiers saw angels, St. George, or Joan of Arc, shielding their frenzied retreat from the German onslaught. Other times there's been visions of Jesus Christ, the Virgin Mary, or St. Michael, plus flaming crosses, medieval archers, ghostly platoons, and all kinds of supernatural sights reported in battlefields down through history. These visions all gave wild hope to the hopeless that a greater power was on their side, and often led to unexpected victory. The apparition at Little Round Top could be easily dismissed as simple psychological trauma, except for two things that place it squarely back into the realm of the unexplained. The first is that Union soldiers weren't the only ones who saw this strange pale rider a number of Confederate soldiers testified having seen a man in an antique blue uniform riding a white horse just inside the Union lines. They actually fired on him, thinking he was an important Union general, but to their shock, the hail of bullets passed right through the horse and rider. These soldiers freaked, and moments later, when the Yankees went berserk and charged down the hill, they just dropped their guns and said, nah, no way, that is it for me, and surrendered in terror. But there is one last eyewitness whose testimony is the strangest of all. A witness whose reputation for honesty was unquestioned and whose account actually has documented evidence to support it. This eyewitness to General George Washington appearing at Little Round Top is none other than General George Washington, the man himself. 86 years before the Civil War, George Washington led a tattered, hopeless handful of farmers and shopkeepers against the undefeated British Army in what became known as the American Revolutionary War. It was on the eve of the Battle of Valley Forge in the bitter, cold winter of 1777 when Anthony Sherman, an aide to George Washington, wrote in his diary that the general had stepped out of his quarters white-faced and shaking. Alarmed, his aides asked what was wrong and Washington said he just had the strangest experience. He said he had been sitting alone in his quarters when suddenly the room began to glow. He reported seeing, and I quote, dark manifestations, black clouds, lightning, and the light of a thousand suns. The vision cleared and Washington realized that the lightning was the flash of bayonets. The clouds were gunpowder explosions from cannons, and the Thousand Suns were rifles firing over and over. More importantly, he saw a force of troops wearing dark blue uniforms locked in a desperate struggle against men in gray uniforms. He witnessed, and again I quote, the thundering of the cannon, clashing of swords, and the shouts and cries of hundreds of thousands in mortal combat. Researchers who have studied this astonishing experience of Washington's believe that this is a remarkable premonition of the Civil War, perhaps referring specifically to Gettysburg, perhaps even Little Round Top itself. So here we have two crisis points in American history. On Little Round Top in Gettysburg, soldiers from both the Union and rebel sides claim to have seen George Washington in their midst. And almost 100 years earlier, on the eve of the Battle of Valley Forge, George Washington has a vision of men in blue and gray fighting a frightening bloody battle. Could these two momentous events have somehow connected in time? According to the laws of physics, it could indeed be possible. Albert Einstein himself theorized that time does not move through space in a straight, infinite line. Instead, time is a roller coaster. Doubling back on itself, looping around, twisting, turning, and as long as we stay in our seats and enjoy the ride, our perception is that we're going forward in a regular, predictable manner. What if that roller coaster loops back to certain times and places, and the past and present suddenly converge in one moment? Moments where ghosts from the past are visited by premonitions of the future. Whether you choose to believe the official reports and historical facts, or you wonder about the possibility of supernatural powers and laws beyond our understanding, the fact remains that the astonishing Union victory at Little Round Top is one of the unexplained mysteries of the Civil War. Now, if you're some 7th grade student studying the Civil War, for the love of Pete, do not write down in your test papers that George Washington fought in the Battle of Gettysburg. You'll only get an F, your teacher will think you're an idiot, and I'll get an angry phone call from your parents. What you should remember is this. Colonel Joshua Chamberlain and his men of the 20th Maine won a Union victory at Little Round Top at the Battle of Gettysburg. Those are the official facts. Stick with them, and we'll all be happy. this episode was written and produced by me diane ladley america's ghost storyteller for my Hysterie podcast if you like this episode please please take a moment to give me a good rating on itunes or whichever podcast provider you use and then tell your friends Hysterie's next episode will cover the lizzie borden murders it was the crime of the century never solved despite a host of theories The only thing historians and true crime fans can agree on is that justice never came to the true killer, but did it? One very strange yet well-documented event 35 years after the murders strongly suggests that a ghost brought a terrible and terrifying justice to the true killer. Now, on this 125th anniversary of the Borden murders, The Hysteria podcast reveals this true supernatural twist to the most infamous crime story of them all in the next episode, The Strange Yet True Occurrence on the Night Lizzie Borden Died. Hope you'll tune in again next time to Hysteria. It's history with the lights out.